Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. This is it. The energy levels are extremely high from all of us, Dan Barber, Daryl Carter, and specifically Kevin Blake, because he is up at Newcastle. Newcastle? Why, I man? Is that a bad accent? Yeah, I think that was. very bad. I offended a few people. 30 seconds mm-hmm. in, and Vanessa's already offended a good amount of people. So that's a good start, isn't it? But Kevin deserves to be in good form, because finally... He's had a few winners on Racing Only Better. He had a good week last week. Ooh, he's scowling at me. What a backhanded compliment that was. Yeah, it was. That's (laughs) the the only way I give compliments is backhanded. Um, Absurd, which is exactly what Kevin Blake's opinion of tonight's Racing League results is because he (laughs) thinks he's going to have five winners. Absolutely absurd. How are you, Kev? I am fantastic, Vanessa. I'm not long after the choo-choo train from Doncaster to uh, Newcastle. I'm absolutely buzzing. If you're listening to this before the racing league, you might not be. But if you are, just back all the Irish horses. I'm telling you, <laughs> never been stronger. I'm bursting out the gates. We're going to have winners. We're going to have them hitting the frame. Get on them all and thank me later. I think this chat is so brave when 98% of listeners will be listening to this on Friday. So yeah, That's result- how bullish I am, Vanessa. This is how bullish I, I, I am. I want them to be like, oh, we missed a boat there. Caught wow. Team Ireland. Wow, wow, wow. Um, goodness me, this really is fighting talk. Uh, Daryl, obviously, relatively quite enough week. We've got Sandown to get stuck into, a bit of Beverly and a bit of Chester as well. So something for everyone in there. I was going to say this is kind of like at this time of year, it seems that there's just these lulls between the big meetings. Obviously, next week we have Irish Champions Weekend to get stuck into, but more importantly, Betfair Super Sprint at Haydock. But a weekend like this, you've got some confidence selections coming our way, Daryl. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, sure. Anything, uh, any competitive racing is good racing. Anything you can get a bet on at uh, a nice price, and uh, that that'll do me. Sandown in particular, a couple this week. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Vanessa. All right, we'll get stuck in then. Um, quick word for you, Dan. Do you have? A, can you do the weather report for us? That was thrown on you a bit impromptu. I don't think you Jesus. probably can. Sorry. <laughs> well, in Manchester, it's clear at the moment. Um, nice. That's, that's like beautiful in Newcastle. There. Beautiful in Newcastle. It's, it's drizzly in Banbury. And go on, Daryl. Where are you? Yeah, I'm in. I'm close to Sandown. Actually, it's, it's been it's been raining all day today, but uh, it's good to, <laughs> I think it's good to firm there. So um, there's nothing due for the next few days. So should be all right. Should be. Yeah, the going is good. currently. That was comprehensive. Very I'm a bad one to go to for weather. I, I live in a place where absolutely. it always rains and there are no race courses anywhere near me. So, Right. TC will be absolutely fuming with the weather report. But anyway, he is, of course, on his Twitter spaces this weekend. So stay tuned for that. The going at Sandown is currently good to firm, good in places uh, on the Racing Post website anyway. But as Daryl said, I think it'd be more like good to firm all over. Before we get going, do not forget, kids out there, the sports book offer this Saturday. Bet five on horse racing multiples and get a free bet this Saturday with the Betfair Sportsbook. Get involved, but do it responsibly. Everyone, listeners and viewers out there, uh, take a punt with that. But as I say, read the T's and C's, opt in, and please be careful with it. Uh, let's roll on and talk about Sandown. 150. We're kicking off with the 150 team. Um, 
over the seven furlongs. Daryl, I'm going to come to you first, seeing as you've announced that you've got a relatively strong opinion on some of these Sandown races. This is the handicap 0-90 over the seven furlongs. Amber Island for David Lochnane is your 3-1 to favourite currently. Tough enough in there for James Tate. Closely followed at four to one. Uh, Ernie's Valentine in there for the coal yard at sixes. So it's a pretty wide open market. Where did you land here? Yeah, I was torn between a couple indemnify being the first one for Alice Haynes and Lyndon B, which I suspect Mr. Barber is gonna gonna like uh for this race. Or, or Same too as me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I came down on the pair that's four places on the sports book. I, I can't really see how Indemnify is going to be out of the first four. So I think I, I landed on Indemnify, loves the course, steadily progressive, uh, better than the bear result last time uh, over the mile here at Sandown. We just got no run in the closing stages. I think coming back to seven is actually a good thing for this horse because I think in a strongly run mile, I think the stamina stretched slightly. So I think uh, a good bit of pace on here. Over seven furlongs, I think we'll see indemnify finishing strongly. And I'd be surprised if this horse is out of the first four. So good each way better kicks off, I think. Mm. Okay, brilliant. Mm. Indemnify 13 to 2 currently. And as Daryl said, the sports book is paying an extra place. You've got four places in this handicap. And a mention for Lyndon B2, which leads us nicely to you, Dan Barber. Are you going to reiterate those thoughts from Daryl? Yeah, I can't remember when it was, but he was a non runner somewhere, wasn't he? Was it Newbury that day? When yeah. um, Spangled Mac won for Kev and Daryl's classic got no run. Um, the case is the same. And Daryl mentioned pace. There should be plenty here. Amber Island made all at Leicester. King Cabo at the bottom for Luke Dace has been forcing the pace. Cyan Fox has been known to go forward as well. So there should be a stronger race here. I mean, the pace held up unbelievably well at that last Sunday series meeting. But if they go too hard, they go too hard. And Lyndon B will be suited by that. That second at the back end, as well as his glorious Goodwill win last season, both read well. They were both in stronger races than this. The winner from the Newbie race, where he was second, won off five pounds higher, that Midland Park course this year. And then I agree with Daryl, with Indemnify as well. I'll be back in the pair of them who went through that race like he was in really good nick at the minute. But the, the winner got away and he couldn't get into the clear. I think he'd have finished second. I don't think he'd have got to the winner, but a similar performance. And if he turns up in the same form, he's... He's interesting. Stall one, not great for a hold-up horse, but equally he's probably just going to have to weave his way through anyway. All right, so a nod from the boys from Linden B at 13-2, and identify same price, dropping back in trip. Kevin, who can you add into the mix here? Tough enough, Vanessa, tough enough for James Tate. Um, like the lad selection, hold-up horse, um, had no issue with the step up to seven furlongs over course and distance last time, won quite snugly. Um, lovely, likely race profile, marching forward. Um, now that they know he stays, and there would have been a slight question mark with his pedigree and everything else. Now that they know he stays, um, he'd be ridden maybe a shade handier. Um, but like his draw, like his profile, back on faster ground isn't an issue. Um, if indeed the rain keeps hanging around, um, easing the ground won't be a problem either. And if they decide to rip up the turf and put down Tapita, he'll be fine on that too. This is a very versatile horse, Vanessa. Um, so whichever way it turns up. Um, tough enough is the one for me. Okay, tough enough currently fours with the Betfair Sports, but let's move on to the Atalanta Stakes over the mile, the 225 at Sandown. Phillies here in the group three, and Coppice is your 11 to 4 favourite. Kieran Schumacher getting the ride, as he tends to do with some of these horses for the Gosden Yard this season. Heredia next best. She's been Hunter's pal 
a few times at nine to two, midnight mile in there at fives, pot of pover in there at 13 to two. Um, there's some horses with so much ability in here, Dan, but who's going to get it right on the day? We know that these, like I say, these, some of these fillies and mares have real engines and ability, but just right now at this time in their career, who who is this sort of race going to land right for? Yeah, it's interesting this. It really is, and I always say that glibly, but Coppice, fast improver, Royal Ascot winner, found the Falmouth a bit too much too soon, but obviously retains probably more potential than any bar Nibras Angel, who's two from two, and we just don't really know how good that horse is. And a horse who I have adored since day one is Heredia, who mm. really sprang back to form. Now, She's in 10. It's becoming increasingly apparent, isn't it, when you consider what she did to get out of self, herself out of trouble at York and the Royal Ascot win last season, that she's best when they go like the proverbial off a shovel and she can use that potent turn of foot late on. But are they going to go like the proverbial off a shovel? I'm not sure they are. So it's with no little reluctance that I pass her over. I'm going to go with the horse who will be... I put up at the Shergar Cup meeting when... He ran really well. She ran really well, Roman missed. She's dead likeable, tough, not long with Archie Watson. A sheen rode at the Shergar Cup and just couldn't get past random harvest. It was another smashing effort. She's drawn in two. So in a, in a race lacking pace, well, certainly I thought it was lacking pace. I thought she had the potential if they revert to front running to get into a perfect position and... Yeah, if Heredia and Coppice are getting in trouble as Roman Mist is opening up, we might be in business. But I definitely like the win and place angle at 10 to 1. Okay, yeah, 10 to 1, big enough swing for Roman Too big. Mist, for Dan. Um, Daryl, what about you in here? Are you going with the sort of less exposed three-year-old angles? We've spoken about that plenty on the pod with you in the past. Or are you going for something with that bit more proven, we know they can deliver if it falls right, horses? Uh, well, I was going to back two, to be honest. I was going to... Uh... Back a bit of both there. Uh, Dan mentioned bang on that the, the pace angle here is is like is, is slightly concerning. Um, and for that for that reason, I was going to take a, a very very small chance on Nibras Angel, who is obviously two for two has uh, a Group One entry at the back end of the season. Um, Ismail Mohammed's not really done this very often. He's not really chucked in a horse from a maiden or novice company into group company. He's done it he's done it twelve times. Um I suppose that is quite often actually. That's loads. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's been successful once with uh with, with Zane Claudette. So yeah, I suppose that is a bit few that is a few too many times. But I, that, oh, yeah. I just like the angle of the of stall one. She's gonna go forward. She's gonna have Roman Mist on her outside, I suspect. The pair of them are just gonna be tanking along together up front. I think they'll be left alone. And if she's good enough, she'll be there or thereabouts to show she's good enough. Whereas I don't think she's going to have to work too hard to get through the pack or or what else. Because Benoit's definitely going to go forward on Nibras Angel. So I just thought this horse, if it was good enough, it would have the chance on the day. Potter Pover's the other one who was fantastic in this race last year. Like really, really impressive mm. in this race last year. I couldn't believe. I mean, TC put her up in uh, his column earlier in the week on Monday. Put her up at fourteen to one. I couldn't believe she was fourteen to one. I thought she would be vying for favoritism. She'd obviously ran in this race two years ago, and she won it last year. But she seems to be coming to the boil for me, and I think that Sandown just might be her track. Now, the slight concern I have is that a couple of times Ryan Moore's rode her. He's rode her a bit more forward, and she seems to get outpaced when I think she's best coming from off a strong pace 
sweeping round. That seems to be where she's recorded her best RPRs when held up and uh, allowed to pass horses. I don't know if she's going to be able to do that in here, but I do think that this is her bread and butter, if you like. And a 13 to 2, I, w- I thought she would be more like 7 to 2, closer to the top of the market. So I'd have to back her as well. All right, so for Dara Levote, for the unexposed Nibras Angel, could be anything at 14s. And then we know plenty about her angle with Potapova at 13 to 2. So he's covering plenty of bases. Roman Mist in there for Dan. What about you, Kev? We've, we've sort of avoided the top of the market so far. Do you have any interest up there with the likes of Coppice? Not a bit of it. No, no, no. Potapova as well for me. Um, yeah. Really good in the race last year. Patient ride that day. Um, but as Daryl says, like they can do different things with her and adjust to the race. And given the pace picture that the lads have outlined already, i.e. a potential lack of it, um, Ryan will potentially have her a little bit closer, which he has in the past. Um, and look, I think I think she's the best filly in the race. If she does what she did in the race last year, she just wins. Um, now there is there are reasons why she's thirteen to two. Given that, um, her last two runs haven't been to that level, um, but I, I think she is coming. Um, we haven't seen her for ten weeks or so. She missed an engagement, um, back in July, um, but I just recall coming into this race last year, like she she run like poorly, like quite well below form, and came alive here. So I think at the prices, she's worth taking a chance on. She's very fair for like the, for I think. I, w- I would have little doubt she's the best filly in the race. I don't think any of these uh, will necessarily get to her career high rating. And uh, if she can get back to something like that, um, yeah, she'll hopefully go close. All right. So the boys putting a bit of faith in the Stout team getting back to form this weekend. Um, let's move on to the three o'clock back into handicap company, but very competitive handicap. It's a class two over the 10 furlongs. Mm-hmm. Betfair Sportsbook playing the four places here. So you get an extra place. Uh, Eagles Way is your 11 to 2 favourite for Sir Mark Prescott. Looks to get back to winning ways, not having hit the back of the net yet this season, but of course had that brilliant run last year. Garcy, 11 to 2 for the Haggis Yard, second best in the market. And Law Protector, also 11 to 2. After that, it's Dual Identity, who's won here at the course and distance before. Eights, Educator in there at eights as well. So uh, a competitive enough looking handicap, as you would expect on, on at Sandan on ITV. Daryl, I'm going to come to you first here. Um, are you with or against the Prescott train favourite? Do you think he can bounce back now that he's dropped? Well, he's at this mark of 99. Yeah, I'm not with him. I don't think he just needs to bounce back. I think he needs to improve quite considerably to defy a mark of 99, to be quite honest. I think, uh, I think he's been well placed on his road to, to where he is now. I, I, I'd be highly surprised if he went off favourite for this. Um, I'd be against a couple of the top of the market, actually. <clears throat> Darcy being the other one as well. Just not sure what to do with that horse. Law Protector will run well. He likes his course. But Dual Identity ran an absolute screamer in this race last year. An absolute screamer. If you haven't seen the race, go back and watch it. He comes from a mile off the pace, steams home, and he's just not getting there just in time. But I thought he caught the eye at Goodwood. He was drawn wide. He was 50 to 1. Really unfancy. Dual installed 20. um, And he caught the eye coming from off the pace, weaving through runners. He was as much of an eye catcher as Al Mubir was, and everyone was raving about Al Mubir after that race. And uh, I actually thought dual identity was as much of an eye catcher there. He's handicapped to have a big say. He's gone well, as you mentioned before, at this course. I think he's coming to the ball at the right time. So he'd be the one for me. I will have to just have to 
have a couple of quid on dashing Roger because this is going to take me right over a cliff. This horse, I think, but the case for him is very, very weak. But he, like a lot of people, think that he needs slow ground, but he's two for three on fast ground. He'd have no problem with the ground. He's won here at Sandown before. At Chester, he looked like he was coming back to the boil. He was just beaten by City Streak, who obviously went on uh, to win again at Ascot. That form ties him with a couple of these. He's well handicapped on previous form. I think he'll go forward from stall five. I didn't see a whole lot of pace, so he might get a solo on the front end. The trip might just stretch him, but I think he'll be a small each way bet, and I can see him coming back uh, back to form and perhaps getting a win in the near future. So it, I'll keep him on side as well. Okay, and the four place is pretty helpful. With a horse like that, then Dashing Roger currently 20s and then a stronger view with dual identities currently 8 to 1 for Daryl. Over to you, Dan, here. Uh, would you Are you with Daryl at the moment? You know, it's the early sort of formation of the market. Would you be very surprised if Eagles Way was the favourite on the day? Oh, I don't think I don't think I would really. I think this is one where we may differ. When you consider that this thing went off 135 for a Goodwood handicap. Yeah. Uh, the glorious meeting. Um, he'd gone very close first time out in the racing league meeting against Cumulo Nimbus, a race that's worked out well. Yes, he's three higher, but they probably just ran him too soon in a bid to have a Goodwood runner. And yeah, that, that was a quick turnaround for a horse that had tried really hard over two miles just five days earlier. And it was his first trip to Goodwood, which just isn't for some horses, is it? So I was inclined to forgive him that performance, mindful of his market strength, mindful of the progress he made last season. Don't like the draw, but if he's out enough sharp, sharply enough, he might be one that does force the pace. But if he, as a result of that draw, ends up overdoing it and they go a bit too tough, I'm with Daryl on dual identity. That Sandown record, the falling handicap mark, the fact he's had very little go his way. He was first home in his group at Royal Ascot and he is very much a well-run Sandown sort of horse as he showed last year. All right, so the boys agreeing with dual identity but not agreeing in the sense of what might go our favourite with Eagles way, Kevin. Where do you sit with this race? Um, stay well for me, Huey Morrison. Um, look, patchy record when you glance at it, but um, they've experimented with him a little bit over longer trips, and I don't think it's for him. And um, I know he's won over a mile and a half, but I, I have a little notion that he might be a little bit better over 10 furlongs. He has come down the weights just a little bit. Um, and look, I think that strong form, racing league form, Vanessa, racing league form, um, ran very well in like, and there was another horse close up um that that'll be mentioned later on as well um i thought that was a particularly strong handicap um at windsor it, it was messy enough um he got a clearer run than some but i thought it was a fine run i think coming back in trip is going to suit and um yeah stay well for me i think he's he's nearly ready to strike and hopefully this will be the day he does it okay stay well for kevin then let's move on back into group company this time with the two-year-olds the solario stakes over the seven furlongs at Sandown, it's the 3.38 race on ITV on Saturday. And currently, Mort Lake for Rafe Beckett's Yard, the informed Rafe Beckett Yard, 9-4, to four, top of the market. Taking on Star Law for Sir Michael Stout at 5-2. to two. Ablan in there for the Appleby team, 7-2. to two. Devil's Point, David Nunezier's horse, 5-1. to one. Those are the top few in the market currently. Um, 
Daryl, I'm going to come to you here first. Lots of chat about Star Law, who's currently second best in the market for the Stout Yard. But then, of course, lots of people discussing Stout being out of form. How much do you read into that? Are you worried about that? And do you think Star Law has the star potential in here? I don't, I don't read into any any stable form. I, I think it's nonsense most of the time. But um, uh, uh, Barry did mention to me something about a bug. So potentially that could be more than... I'm, you know, just sort of maybe I'm writing off too easily, but I would be against Star Law anyway. I like this Mort Lake for uh for Ralph Rafe. Rafe Ralph. Ralph, Ralph, you're giving him a Ralph. Goodness <clears throat> me, he'll be taking down Betfair. That's the second time I've done that. <laughs> yeah, look, there's loads of collateral form um through 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 a time figure for this horse at, on his run at Leicester, um, which ties in with a, a horse. It, it, it basically ran the fastest seven furlong race on the con on, on the card it was i think there was three or four of them the second of those was uh one by kingdom of riches he had been narrowly touched off by the aiken when at indian run the time before at ascot uh, and then there's collateral form through there that ties in with lake forest so it was just all kind of pointing the right way um for him and i was really visually impressed uh with him i liked the way he quickened um in the latter part of the race and and I think he'll be forward and I do think at Sandown in these smaller fields I think it can turn a little bit tactical and I think if you've got a quickener on the front end I think it could go well so yeah Mortlake I'm quite interested to see what he can do here because if he takes another step forward he is he's quite ahead quite far ahead on, on my figures uh, than a few of these so um yeah I'm interested to see how he gets on OK Mortlake with the sort of potential tag and also the experience of course, nine to four, top of the market for Daryl. Uh, what about you, Dan? We know you don't like two-year-old races. Oh, I don't think had a view in this. No, is that right, Dan? Yeah, no yeah, and I'm I, I'm a little bit windy as well. Vanessa Starlor wasn't was impressive. Clearly, work in progress. Um, has been given time since that debut. Will surely come forward. But um, thought it was a really hard race. Um, yeah, but how much you- pretty. Sorry, how much do you think um, experience counts in this? Because like the it might be no more than coincidental, but the last two winners that have only had one run to win this have been Kingman too darn hot. Do you think how much do you think two rolls take that step forward for a second run? Um, sure. Look, it all depends on the circumstances, the trainer, the sire, even. And like this is obviously son of Kingman, and they they are particularly sharp in fairness. Even though this fella didn't really look at first time, he did plenty wrong. But um, look, I'd be hopeful. Look, if he, if he's a if he's a real good horse, I don't think inexperience will hold him back, given what he did on debut. But um, it's a it's a watcher rather than a a, a punter for me. As such. Is it um Kev? Is it not Dark Angel who you always say it doesn't matter how ready they are on the first run they'll always step forward dramatically for their second yeah is that right it's a dark angel yeah like yeah mentally they're quite slow and it's, yeah. quite, it's, it's gas is actually coming through and sons of dark angel as well which is quite interesting but they'd have um kind of lower than expected strike rates on debut for for you know for how good a sire dark angel is yeah very interesting but we must move on let's bounce over to beverly please dan i'll bring you back in here i uh, will kick off with the 205 at beverly and this over the one mile, four furlongs, the handicap here, naught to 105 contest, competitive, as you would expect for something like this up at Beverly. Dancing in Paris for Ian Williams. He has the top two in the market. Cam Hardy riding Dancing in Paris is seven to two. And then he's got next best with Dream Harder at four to one as well. Ben Curtis riding Dream Harder. Uh, after that, the likes of Perfect Player in there at nine to two. Also got fulfilled for the David Simcott Yard, Haley Turner, but for that up at Beverly on Saturday, six to one. Those are just the top, those are just a few of the more fancied types, Dan. How did you unpick this competitive little affair? 
by process of elimination, really, because as I worked my way down, I was like, "Mm, not keen on you, see negatives there. And it took me until I got to the bottom hole. So they've made favourite, but I think rightly so, dancing in Paris. He's having his first go at the trip, but he's... I think he's a, I think he's a half brother to a two mile winner who was by War Command, who wouldn't be noted as a as an influence for stamina as such, would he? And he's just a solid three year old who's running really well. There are two three year olds, him and Perfect Play. Perfect Play's had two stabs against the older horses, and he's proving sort of static at the moment. Anyway, he seems to have reached his level. Whereas I think Dancing in Paris is just getting better all the time, bit by bit. He ran into one last time. He ran into one of Kev's. It was recently, wasn't it? Star Harbour, who ah. Kev was probably spitting because I did that race when he ran next time at Windsor. Oh, behind the listed winner, he was he was as badly hampered as you'd ever see any horse and finished with a rattle. So I like that piece of form. I like the fact he's a forward goer in a race that isn't long on pace. And yeah, they're, they're often a good angle at Beverly, aren't they, on the round track? Because... Not many races here are strongly run on the round course. Okay, Daryl, um, Dan voting for the sort of more improved, the more improving angle with the three-year-old and dancing in Paris seven to two. Uh, is that how you're playing this race with one of the three-year-olds and going with the more of the improver type rather than what did you call did what did you call perfect play Dan static like that, like it? Um, where are you? Where are you going, Daryl? Are you with the three-year-olds? Uh, well, I think I've got an improver that's uh, not static and is a four-year-old, which is Dream Harder, is the horse that I'm that I'm pretty keen on. I just thought this horse has been improving all season. I mean, I've got him wrong quite a few times this year, but he is steadily <laughs> improving all season. And uh, I thought the last run in the Racing League, Kevin loved this. The, the, I thought that Racing League form is the strongest form in this race. Like He's finished up the arse of Spirit Dancer, who's gone out and won the group three at York last week. Tiffany in second, I think is a well handicapped horse and she's got a group two entry. Tregoni's come out. The third has come out and run half a length second in a listed race at York last week. And I just thought it was a really strong piece of form. I didn't think he get the, got the clearest of runs. And uh, I, th- I thought he finished with a bit of running left. I thought the dropping trip was probably against him. Stepping back up in distance, I think it suit him. Uh, and I think this sharp, sharp track will suit him. So I think he'll go well. Um, four to one is very fair. And uh, yeah, I, I just hope, like Dan said, they're not they're not going to hold him up too exagger- exaggeratedly and uh, give him just a a bit more free reign in the early part of the race. Mark, it'd be interesting here, won't it, with Williams having well, mm. two obvious chances in this race? Yeah, I thought yeah. Cam, Cam Hardy was an in was was a strange booking for dancing. I'm guessing um, he's I eight. He's a carrying good. eight stone three, isn't he? Is I'm that what it is? I, yeah, I guess I so. I'm only guessing. Not yeah. Not I don't Kurt, I doubt do Curtis can do that. Maybe he can. I wouldn't want to say. For he can't. He can't. He he does um, eight eight at a push. I know because he's on me racing league. Team. <laughs> <laughs> What's his star you. sign? He does eight. His favorite favorite color. Yeah. Well played, Kev. Yeah, I I noticed the Cam Hardy booking and thought that was a a good opportunity for him, but b a bit you know left field caught my eye as well. But that does make sense with eight stone three in the saddle. Kev, did you have a strong view on this other than yes, yes, Vanessa, yes, yes, I a big massive strong view, fulfilled racing league form again. That's stay well form from earlier. Um, worth watching back this run last time. Um, had a lovely position around the inside and just got stuck in the Windsor shuffler, as you call it, where they, where they all um, congest there on, on the near rail. 
and was waiting a long time for open country and, and finished off really well when he did. And Vanessa, just to give you an insight, give you and the viewers and the listeners an insight into the type of bands we have at the Racing League, um, this particular race, uh, Jamie Osborne's team, the Welsh, had the fav in the second fav, and there was 12 runners. And the rule with playing your joker, which doubles your points, is you need at least 12 runners. And this was an absolute lock, sto- lock stone certainty for uh, Osborne to play a joker. And would you believe it, about half an hour before the race, a non-runner was announced. And the cheer, Vanessa, that went <laughs> up at Windsor. Oh, sweet Jesus. The lols, the hashtag racing league bans. Oh, Osborne. He, he got it. He got it. He was on the floor, so he was. And then he went to finish first. He went down and finished first and third. Should have been first and second. He was as sick as a parrot, Vanessa, let me tell you. But um, tonight will be a Team Ireland's turn with the Jokers. Don't worry about that. But uh, yeah, fulfilled. Massive run. Um, Better than the bare form. I think it looks a strong race. Um, I clearly think it's a strong race because I put up Stay Well. Um, elsewhere as well and um, yeah fulfilled um, you know still reasonably unexposed and that was a really good run um, and with a bit more luck here we'll be powering through the line and hopefully finishing in first but not only does this racing any better podcast give you winners listeners and viewers out there but also you get the hashtag bants the hashtag lols <laughs> i hate the wins a shuffle the wins a shuffle i mean the wins a shuffle yeah there's been a lot on this there's been a lot to take in um let's keep moving beverly bullet time best named race of the summer and dan we're going to kick off with you here the 240 at beverly over of course the five furlongs and silky wilkie for the carl Yard is your 11 to 4 favourite. Been a pretty consistent performer, really, all in all this season. Maybe a touch unlucky at Goodwood when we last saw him, but he's down in grade here. Apollo 1, next best, 7 to 2. Uh, then you've got Kurdos in there at 72. Judicial, the old boy, 11 year old now, 5 to 1. He comes here. Does he come in with a chance? Dan can flesh that out. And Tis Marvellous, another veteran as well. Nine-year-old for the Clive Cox Yard at sixes. So some real old favourites in here, Dan. But who wins the best-named race of the summer? Well, if there's any justice in the world. I don't remember who sung that. It was a song, wasn't it? If there's any justice in the world. There is no justice in the world, let's be honest. No. um, Well, Apollo 1 would be winning it. And I'm a believer in justice, so I'm, I'm doubling down. And Apollo will finally put a one next to his name after a string of twos, which have included what? <laughs> Wokingham, Stewards Cup. Um, he is a thoroughly dependable and progressive sprinter who's absolutely thriving as a five-year-old. It's handicap form, but it's top-end handicap form. And this looks weaker than normal to me because we've been spoiled in this year in this race, haven't we? With with old boys coming back, like to take cover, judicial who's back again. Tis Marvellous has won it for the last two years, but Tis Marvellous was 16s at Ascot where he's gone well before and didn't really fire. So it didn't pay off last year. I thought he'd gone then, Tis Marvellous, and he bounced back to form, but I'm doubling down. He's gone. He's gone. He's finished. And Judicial isn't far behind him. And Apollo 1, he's finally going to win that race that he so deserves given the progress he's made last season. He is down in trip, but it's a stiff five. And if he breaks from stall two, I don't think this is a horse that's short of toe by any means. I'll tell you, Vanessa, just before, I'd like to jump in here because there is a flag to wave. There is a flag to wave. Be aware that Silky Wilkie is declared in the Racing League this evening and um, in the in the 100 Grand race. So I'm sh- they probably do intend to back up quickly, but just be aware 
um, just in case um, he comes out because I would take a fair old chunk out of the market. Um, but like Dan says, weak listed race, like like stake sprints, um, listed group three sprints in England are hilarious, really, because you know, mo- a lot of horses that should be running in them just end up in the big handicaps because there's so much prize money, etc. And uh, you get a race like this, and like, geez, it's winnable, lordy, lordy, it's winnable for a listed race. And um, I'd be with Dan, Apollo one, for the reason stated, we want some sweet, sweet justice for Apollo one, Dan, and I'm hoping he gets it. Okay, two votes for Apollo 1 then. Daryl, are you going to make it three? No, nah, I haven't got a strong enough opinion to try and take on the boys, to be honest with you. Oh, justice. <laughs> you, you, you hate justice, I'd say, Daryl. You're not a fan of justice at all. I just no, love winning. He's, he's I think he's a six furlong horse. I think he's a six furlong horse, that's all. Um, I think, look, Judicial is one with bounce back ability, if you like. Oh, yes. Yeah, he is. He's a he's an old timer who loves it here. He, he bounced back from a heavy defeat to Galforce Mayor last year before coming here and winning. Um, I think they've sparingly raced him since this race last year. And um, perhaps this has been the, the big day for him, a big final day for him. So, um, I, I was sort of looking at his marvellous as well, but as Dan mentioned, you know, that Ascot run, there was just no finishing kick there from him. He, again, he could bounce back, but the one with the bounce back ability is judicial. Hopefully. Oh, okay. Bounce, bounce back ability. Who, who knows the history of bounce back ability? Me, miss. Oh, go on, do it. Do it, it. Was, Ian Dowie did it in India. Yes, it was. He? Yeah, <laughs> his lab works for his lab works for ITV, doesn't he? He's a nice. Yeah, guy. Will he's an, he's an absolute legend of a fellow. But yeah, he said bounce back ability coined it in an interview, and uh, I believe Soccer AM had led a campaign to get it added to the dictionary, <laughs> and it uh, duly got <laughs> so, in there. Yeah. So there you go. Twenty years ago, that is. Jeez. I'm starting a campaign to get the Windsor Shuffle in the dictionary. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> with a picture very... fulfilled yeah, this, this has been a very educational show guys this well you know really... we, on that... we bring a lot to the table vanessa we bring a lot to the table on that, apollo faced. one vanessa apollo was the greek god of archery and how fitting therefore i know they don't use a bullet in archery but it's both trying to ha- hurt people isn't it that's oh. a very very tedious length no tenuous <laughs> We've done this before. <laughs> oh, you keep getting it wrong, it's tedious. Oh, careful, careful now, Dan. You'll get her riled up. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not in the to get riled up. That is another clanger from me. I was actually on the phone to my dad earlier and I mentioned something being a bit of a damp squid again. And he was like, Finny, Okay, let's crack on. Over to Chester we go. And we've got to take in the 135 at Chester. But it's a class two handicap, but we currently have no prices. No prices, guys. We don't have any prices. I don't know why I have to do that ridiculous <laughs> accent to announce <laughs> to announce that we don't have any prices. So as a result, just a quick flick through. There's loads of Chester horses in here in terms of horses who have performed at Chester before. And of course, that includes Boardman, who's the top weight in here. And we've got some unexposed types as well, including the likes of Lord Bertie, the Haggis horse coming in here, making his handicap debut. And like I say, a couple of other course and distance winners too. So Daryl, did do you have a strong fancy in this? No, it's hard to do without prices, however. Yeah, it's difficult to deal without price, especially with so many of these being course lovers. Um, I was obviously keen on Rivich until I saw the draw at stall 10. Uh, I'd try and avoid those 
those wide draws here at Chester. He did stop quite quickly at Goodwood last time. I didn't think there was too much wrong with Boardman. I mean, obviously, as, as everybody else is, I'm very interested in Lord Bertie to see see what they price him up as because I think he's a progressive horse with a Cambridge Cambridge entry uh, for William Haggis. And I think he's pretty smart. But I thought for now, uh, Boardman will be the one of interest. Obviously, he loves the track and uh, he's, uh, he's more than capable of a mark of 100. This is sort of his level. So uh, he'd be of interest to me. All right, Borman back of his track, as Daryl said. What about you, Dan? Anything strong here at this stage? Yeah, I think you have to make Lord Bertie five if you're doing it without yeah. price. If you priced him up, he's he's the one with the potential. But equally, at stall one for a horse who's having only his fourth run, has never been in a race like this. There's loads of pace around him. It wouldn't take much for it to unravel pretty quickly and he ends up in a bad position. Plus, he's got to prove that he can translate that massive performance first time out to fast ground on um sales price and pedigree and price tag he should be a i mean he should be better than 95 and i'm sure he will prove to be so but yeah i wouldn't want to look much further than boardman to be honest given that course record and the fact he's going to have such a strong pace to chase i was thinking seven to two plus boardman maybe four four to one probably i'd back him out if he was any shorter i probably wouldn't bother all right, we shall await prices. We have got prices, however, for the 320 at Chester. So over the one mile, six and a half furlongs, it's the Chester Stakes. It's a listed race and it's a fascinating little contest. It's the last race we're looking at on today's show and we're finishing with a little high here because we get to see some nice horses in here and some sort of, well, I suppose the big focus point will be Military Order, who's the even money favourite. Obviously, last seen flopping at Epsom in the Derby, but prior to that one, the Lingfield Derby trial from Waipuro that day is obviously back to form up at Royal Ascot. And the next best in this race is Lone Eagle, the five-year-old 11 to four, dropping back down in trip, has been tried as a stayer more recently. Divine Jewel in there for Roger Varian, five to one. Shanro. 15 to 2. Thanks, Monica, for the Beckett team as well at 16, slightly bigger price. Um, Daryl, I shall come to you first here. What are we expecting from Military Order? And will Chester be the track for him? Um, I don't see the track being too much of an issue. He handled those bends at Lingfield quite quite well. They're, they can be quite sharp on the sharp side. Um, the, the, I suppose the slight concern for me is the distance to a degree because I know that when he won at Newbury, he just dictated a slowly run race. Um, everything fell right for him at Lingfield when he was the gaps opened at the right time. He was he was on a steady pace that quickened. So I, I'm just slightly concerned about the the stamina. But um, you'd be disappointed if he's not winning this. I think I think everything else behind him is exposed enough. Really, uh, you, you can make cases for Divine Jewel, Shamro, etc. But um, I wouldn't want to be taking on military order, but I also wouldn't want to be backing him at even money either, Vanessa, to be honest. But uh, it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. It'd be no surprise to me whatsoever if he flops. It'd be no surprise to me if he just wins comfortably. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, although that is very much me and you'll be getting splinters, Daryl, sitting on yeah. this fence. But I'm very much with you with that. It's just one of those situations where if he flops, we'll blame the track and his comeback run, et cetera, et cetera, and the trip probably. And if he bolts up, we'll all say, well, he's just much the best in this. Um, and he... Yeah, has the class angle. Dan, would you concur with those thoughts? This is a pretty tricky betting race because of the unexpected nature of what 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 we're going to get from military order. Yeah, one of the trickiest betting races I've ever seen. Because ever until, seen? Yeah, because until thirty seconds before we're off doing the show, I didn't realize we were doing this race. So ah. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more. I sense. found it impossible. I mean, I, yeah. I'd really struggle to pick between them because I can't name a horse. 
Sorry, <laughs> I think I think you did announce that you were doing this. So it's just over to you, Ken. Oh, right. Same question then, really, in regards to military order. Um, to be honest, this is the toughest race I think I've ever seen as well. <laughs> and, um, and, and I think if uh, if we'd asked Betfair Barry to get us a price of a military order on the day of the derby, that on his next start he would meet Shanro in a race, you probably got a, you would have got, got a very very big. Hello, Shanro, what a legend! <laughs> He's a brilliant horse, but uh, I I don't think military order thought he would have been bumping, head, bumping heads with Shanro um, so soon after Epsom. But uh, the best of luck to Shanro, the best of luck to military order. I don't have an opinion, Vanessa. The best of luck oh, to wow. them all. There, there was me. I sort of pumped this race up that we could get, you know, of an interest race, and all of you have just bailed out completely. Also, I mean, it's amazing how quickly the mind forgets stuff and recency bias, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, the Derby was run on the third of June, as we all know. This all's finished last, but I mean, I had to just double take there when I saw he went off at nine to two. Yeah, you know, nine to two for the Derby. He was. Well, 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 fancy. <laughs> More out of order than military order that day. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> now that's the hashtag fans we're talking about. Yeah. They should have you on the racing league with that level of lols. Oh, um, you'll be, you'll go be back a brilliant again, manager. You'll be a brilliant manager, Dan. I'll put, I'll put you forward. I'll put you forward. I'm not sure I get on too well at racing TV. <laughs> yeah true enough true enough God, it's a political game isn't it it's a political game this one didn't even think of that angle right guys that about wraps up the show so i need your naps please and daryl i'm gonna come to you first please no kevin i can't tip up and i want to go first you're not allowed no I'll go, go 150 on, 150 sand down indemnify each way winning place winning place nice an early nap for Daryl on Saturday in the 150 at Sandown. And yes, Kevin, you're being punished for going for being late. So Dan, over to you next. Yeah, I found out it was Lamar who sang if there's any justice. And if there is any justice, <laughs> Apollo 1 will be uh, top of the charts after the Beverly Bullet. Love it. Like it. Hate all your tedious tenuous No, you lines, like them. But it's fine. Um, <laughs> Kevin, your nap, please. Oh, Vanessa, just like all the dreams of Team Ireland will be fulfilled at Newcastle tonight, I'll be napping fulfilled. Love it. Love it. Love it's, been, it's, been one of, it's been one of those shows, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> we, we can never do this when Calvin was here. He'd always drag <laughs> us back down. Yeah, whereas now we've like totally lost the run of ourselves. The listeners and viewers out there thinking, what on earth have they been taking? The cats away and the mice are playing, I'm afraid. Yeah, the mice are really playing. Uh, before I go, don't forget the Sportsbook offer, guys, this Saturday, bet five on horse racing multiples and get a free bet. Get involved with that, but do it responsibly, please. And gamble responsibly all weekend have a good one and we'll be back on monday with wade in where we already have uh running order that is gathering momentum <laughs> there'll be plenty to talk about on monday so stay tuned for that but for now enjoy yourselves have a good one <laughs> <laughs>